Welcome to the Challenge Chronicles. I'm Devin Jordan. I'm with Rob McIntyre and Trace Armstrong. We're here to discuss the challenge, Rider Dies, Episode 2. We discussed Battle of the Champions earlier this week, a potential cast that was relevant for about 30 seconds before the actual cast came out. We plan to do a patron bonus episode sometime this weekend on the cast that was released. If you would like to listen to that episode, you can become a patron at the challenge or patreon.com slash the challenge chronicles and subscribe for $4 per month. What did we think of episode two? I thought it was very good. I I had a lot of questions about some certain things, but I thought it was very good overall. The the mission was long, but you know, what are we going to do? God, did this show miss Johnny bananas? Like just fucking breath of fresh air at this point. Like, the, I did not like last week's episode, and it was mainly because of the editing. I felt like there was good content in there somewhere, but it was just edited, probably because of all the COVID issues they had. This week, I was like, this was great. Really enjoyed the episode. Really was thankful that they kept the seizures to a minimum this week. I didn't think the mission was that bad, even though it goes against the principle of every everyone going one at a time and i think it may have been and someone would need to time it i think that they did cut it pretty short rob as far as the total amount of time that they aired it and just added a lot of people to the montage so i thought it worked horatio one of the mvps of the episode we were high on him coming into the season or at least i was tj coming out of this episode i think is about as high as anyone it would have been really disappointing to see Horatio and Olivia, who I thought also had a good episode, go home after showing such a bright start. Yeah, that is how country North kind of, kind of happens for these rookies. Is they show a little bit too much too early, and then the veterans said, "All right, we're finding a way to get him out of here." I mean, should we just talk about Turbo now with his whole? God. I mean, I don't even know what you want to call this. It just, I am. So what a, what a bizarre sequence of events that happened here. I am so sad that he's gone. Like I had to have a period of mourning last night that we were two minutes away from Jordan and turbo in the same house. Like it was just, it's not production's fault. It's really not. Is it not? It's not. They should have, they should have at least shown them cross paths, right? Is turbo's Mm -hmm. leaving cross Jordan and have some backstage footage of their interactions is Jordan gives turbo shit for leaving the game. They had to do that. How did they miss that opportunity? That would have actually been pretty chill if they had the two of them walk out. Don't even tell anybody, but Jordan needs to walk out past them. That I would have been pretty in on. I just feel like this is, again, this is what we talk about with Jordan. He, he, so much of why – Jordan's an entertaining character in and of himself, but so much of also why we wanted him on was how he'd interact with Tori and also Turbo. And this was the issue with him bringing him on after two episodes. You could tell – as soon as you see Turbo on the boat yelling at Laura, you're like, all right, this could, this could go really quick. Yeah. We all had the right preseason prediction. Turbo would make an impact and be gone early. But man, if you'd have told me episode two, I was. This was Turbo's worst nightmare of an elimination. Like if you're going to put Turbo in elimination, this is what you're praying to the gods of the challenge to happen. So we've brought we've talked about this recently about the people that are not in elimination, helping people that are in elimination compete and how we feel about that in general is it too much of an advantage in my mind i like the elimination to be a way that whoever is put into elimination can overcome what's going on in the house right this is kind of the great neutralizer and when you go into elimination and you're drawing blank essentially because you're competing against However, other many people that are cheering the other team Everybody. On. Like, the entire house. To do? Literally. Like, I think there's need... no way. And I've just watched the episode, so I'm kind of coming off my initial reactions. And I would need to think about it a little bit more. But my initial reaction to this is that they probably need to rein this in and get this a little mm-hmm. bit more under control. Because I think it's finally gotten to the point where it's out of hand. And there were numerous instances oh, yeah. of there were numerous instances of this happening before even as recently as All-Stars 3 with Janae competing against Beth. I thought that that was kind of bullshit when it happened. I think this is even much further down the spectrum of oh, yeah. crowd interference. It's just one of those things where this is all on production. Like They just have to decide if they don't want to continue to allow this in the way that it is or if they don't. I think part of why they don't bother is it does sometimes make for somewhat... If, if you tell production, 
Option A is interesting content. Option B is fairness. They're going to pick option A every single time without even yep. thinking for, for about for two seconds. So I, I think that they're, they typically would go that way. I think longer term, though, it's typically more interesting to have these people who are such controver- controversial figures around in the house. Like, obviously, Horatio and Olivia seem like a compelling pairing. But, like, you've got Jordan about to walk out. His turbo's already gotten every single person in the house and want to kill him. Yeah. Even friend Nani, she is not happy with Turbo right now. So I want – with him, I'm so – because when he left, did you listen to him, his little, like, leaving monologue where he says he wants Nani Bananas to win? Yeah. He seemed so chill, right? No. Uh, <laughs> really? I don't think he has a chill thought, bone in his body. I, I think, think in that 10-second spiel, he seemed really chill. He was like, yeah, I want Nani to win. I hope she and the banana win. So I think Turbo was is obviously being absurd. I, however, do get, or I think I was able to understand his perspective on what he was trying to say. I think what he was trying to say is that he feels like if he's a friend with someone, that friend shouldn't have to come to him to ask him to do something. If they are friends, they should just want to do it. And so I thought mm-hmm. that his stance was that he didn't think Nani should be coming to him having to ask if he wants to go in her elimination or not. He, Nani should just take it upon herself to save him. But I think mm-hmm. coming from Nani's perspective, she just wanted to know, do you, did you actually want to go in? Like, I've yeah. already been like chirping off at the mouth that you want to go in. Like, is this something that you actually want? She just wanted clarification on the matter. And this is the person that is supposedly communicates with Turbo, the best of anyone that's ever been on the show, and this is what happened. <laughs> Turbo's just going to turbo. Communicates most frequently, certainly. I mean, well, just very strange, the whole thing. I, I think it was very it was very clear to me, or at least it certainly came off to me, that Nani was just like, do you actually want to go in? Like, she was legitimately curious. She just had heard rumors and was trying to get that settled down, and he very clearly did not take well to that. I mean, if she actually was Chris, she probably should have just asked Tamara, right? Like, just asked his partner what, what her opinion on the matter was. I mean, she was as, as quiet as a mouse for most of this episode. I don't know how much control she had over anything. I thought that they gave her... The editors did a good job with Tamara in the sense that they did include a very key confessional from her that took place after the interrogation where Turbo walks up, he leaves in some outfit out of lord of the rings with like a cut off <laughs> was, the hoodie he cape. was wearing was unbelievable yeah he, like, what the heck was he looks like a a dementor or something and he tells tamara to come and follow his lead and leave which on the face of it looks really bad but they included a confessional from tamara that where she says that she made a promise to turbo that they would handle this situation a cer- certain way that if they were going to come on that they had an agreement for what they, they were going to do. And so I, I, I do understand that. But does, did he even want to be on this season, I guess? Did he That's just want to show up my, and get the money? next thing. That no. That was my next thing. I think he, he just wanted... I think he legitimately wants to be there. He just has zero social skills whatsoever. But my thing is, this hasn't been the precedent in the past. Like, he certainly had... Blow, obviously, look, he was thrown off the show for a blow-up with production, so he's had that issue. But he'd been on a whole... He was went through all basically all War of the Worlds 1 where there was one really significant blow-up we knew about with Hunter. Outside of that, he seemed... He had some stuff with Bear, but so did everybody. He was actually relatively tame in his interactions with Bear. And then War of the Worlds 2, he has all the stuff with Jordan. But, like, I don't know. It was never anything... Like, this seemed untenable. Like, it just, it just, I don't know how this would have gone on for another week. Like, if people are scared of Polly showing up on the show with them, like, with Turbo like this, like, that, that has to be a concern. What's the next biggest point that we want to talk about next? What's the next highlight? Nom gets sent home again. Yeah, oh how about that? Oh, God, dude. <laughs> dude, like, what? Emmy, He's... how dare you? You betrayed me. And it's like, dude, you just met her right before y'all started the season. And she got on this nutty show and went, fuck this. I'm out. So I saw grand a very opening, grand closing with her. I saw a very brief amount of content on Emmy before this season started. And based off of the content that I did see, this is not a surprise whatsoever. She probably just didn't know what she was getting into. Right. She probably oh, yeah. didn't yeah. know what the show was about. She shows up and taken aback by what's actually going on there's a covid lockdown there's all kinds of chicanery there's just it's the challenge and she just went no 
I'm I'm not doing this by. And, and that's the issue with casting in this way, right? When you keep casting people who don't know what the show is going on, they go on the show and it's like, what, what, what am I getting into here? I don't have no clue what I'm expecting. And why are you casting someone like Nam who can't even find his own partner? They find him his own partner and then they get screwed over again. It's like, why do you keep going back to the well with some of these I mean, people? maybe they just felt like they were light on international, so they wanted a bit more of that. But it feels like there's so many other routes they could have gone. Yes. There's so many routes they could have gone here. And it's I mean, like, why do you keep doing this to yourself? It's like a, a, a child who every time they stand on something and they fall every time and they keep getting up and falling again and being surprised that this is what happens. They bring back Casey. This is what we alluded to at the end of the episode last week. Casey pretty much got an immunity idol for a week. And yeah, really? was able to, yeah. to skate to this point. I don't know how we feel about. I don't know how I feel about that. Uh, that that I mean, alliance look, break, is I, that alliance is completely stacked at this point. Well, that's why I was so interested when everyone thought Laura was like in some big trouble. I'm like, she's friends with all these people. I think she's going to be fine if she wants to be. Well, I, I think she could trouble. be. The I I felt that way. Okay, first of all, and and second of all, I I think she still might be just because of the format of the show, like. If they can throw four people into the, the whatever, what's the elimination called? The the, the zone. The, the zone. zone. So yeah. when they get thrown in the zone, if, if you know, Horatio, if, if Handsome Rob and, you know, it's Horatio. It looks nothing like me. Isn't that a Nick? <laughs> that's from the Italian job, isn't it? Did you guys bring it that is, up? It is. That's why I said it. That? I just okay. did Handsome Rob. That's why I said it. Pat Mayo had a different, um, what did he call him? Like. Sexy version. Sexy Rob. Sexy Rob. Horatio is sexy Rob. I went with handsome Rob because of an Italian job. But, uh, oh, God, I already lost train of thought. Oh, the zone. Okay. Rob, you should see if handsome Rob's still available on Twitter. There's no way that is. (laughs) It's gone. Probably take. Maybe handsome Rob 23459 is. Yeah, handsome Rob 16 or something. 69, 69. That one's gone. That one's way gone. Definitely take it. But uh, it, just the, the nature of the zone, okay? So if Handsome Rob and his partner win and they get to choose four teams, why aren't you throwing in Bananas and Nani, Devin and Tori, uh, Laurel and Jack, and any of those big names? Like, it, all it takes is one win by a rookie and they can guarantee two big vet pairs go in, like what we saw last week. Well, what should she do? What should he do? Laurel, if he's saying that she's vulnerable by being tied to... There's nothing she can do. Like, she's tight with the main alliance. She's tight with Casey. She's tight with Nani. I just think they're all... Those teams are going to win all the time. Yeah, every... I think you're right. I, th- I think they will win most of the missions. I think they probably win 70% of the missions, if not more. And I don't know if Laurel is any more vulnerable than any of the other members of that alliance. I don't know why she would stick out compared to the rest. If anything, she, sticks think... out, if anything she sticks out less because she has a rookie partner. Well, yeah, I, think I think she still sticks out more because she's one of the more dominant females. And if rookies go in, it's like, why wouldn't you throw them in? Like, I, my, I just my thing think... is, so, I, I apologize for cutting off. I thought you were done there. No, I'm sorry. I'm done now. Okay. So my thing is, if you are one of these rookie pairs that wins, let's say Johnny and Raven win again, or Ratio and the Big and whatever. I, I think Bananas and Arnie or Tori and Devin seem like the two clear top targets of those teams. We would agree with that, right? Like mm-hmm. that one of those teams is probably one that's voted directly in. Then beyond that, like, so she's already got somewhat of a shield there. I think she's a little bit louder than some of the other vet rookie pairs. Like, I think she might be a bigger target than Fessy and his partner or Nelson and his partner. Uh, but I just don't really know. I swear I actually think Johnny and Nani could be somewhat vulnerable. It's just that I think they do go kind of like a sore thumb compared to some of those other teams where Johnny's just won seven times. He just has a way of attracting that level of attention. I think she can kind of hide a little bit behind them, and then she's also covered by them when they do win, which will be the majority of the time. This will We're all in agreement that this will most likely be another rookie beatdown, correct? That this is just going to be a complete uh, slaughter. I think it'll be somewhat diminished compared to other seasons because just like how random missions work, some of them will get because some wins. And when they, when they do win, they have the capability to just like guarantee one of those top four teams is going home. We're, yeah. we're only adding it, more veterans that can potentially win missions too. We added. We're true. going to That's have Jordan the downside and Anissa. Of this. Yeah, I mean, you're yeah. about to have Jordan and Anissa walk in, and next week you're probably going to have Darrell and Veronica walk in. So it's like, 
what do, what do you do against that? I mean, the the format itself actually works really well to give rookies a fair chance because we saw it in episode one. They got to send home Kayla and Sam. And while they were not the most powerful vet team whatsoever, they still made the correct decision with throwing Tori and Devin in. So like it just didn't fall their way the exact way they wanted it to. But like the format is set up that if you can be a rookie and be competent and win a daily, you can really mess up the main alliance really quickly. Let's think about it like this, though. After this week, if Horatio and Olivia win again, do you think that they're going to take a shot at the veteran alliance? They have to. Yeah, what what else? The lines are drawn. I don't know. Try and stay under the radar. That's I don't gone. know. Man. I think that's, that's that's such a that's such a way to get out and like. Like, what are six. they going like, to do? How... They're they're fucked. Well, I think your best option at that point is like, how do we win the most missions? Really, when you're already on the bottom, like you just have to try to find a way to knock out people who are really likely to win missions. So, bananas and Nani and Tori and Devin primarily. Uh, that, that's what I my my, what my <laughs> way to go about it would be. I, don't, I just don't think you have any chance if you're going to be one of these teams that tries to like. That is sidle that... up to the veterans in some way. We, we've talked about that before. That is the MO of Johnny, right? That That is the entire way that he plays is he tries to get the strongest people that are going to win, yeah. win missions, group up with them, and try and just march forward until the end. We've seen that time after time. I almost wonder if Horatio can show that he can win some of these missions and try and reach some type of agreement with Johnny, especially now that Horatio has some type of relationship with Laurel. Like, I almost wonder if that's a somewhat viable path. I'm saying I don't know. Well, but I don't also don't know like the exact relationships that they have in the house. I think that could buy him a couple weeks. I mean, I, the one thing you could say with this format is if you're not one of the targeted four teams by one of these groups, then you're actually going to be safe as long as you can stay out of those targeted four teams. So, so that's where it was interesting with Jay J and Michelle seem to have this strategy of let's try to play the middle and just not be in those targeted four and that came back to bite them already. And Jay uh, made the absolute stupidest political move that they see, could have I, I possibly made in that situation. I don't agree with you on that. Okay, why? I think it's kind of a coin flip decision. I mean, if he is that, we don't know to the extent his really his relationship with Johnny Middlebrooks. But if it is that close, like if you're going to just burn your immediate ally right now and torch that bridge, that word around that's going to spread around the house. Then you become known as a backstabber, and it's like you know, he's already on the bottom of Johnny's totem pole. I don't see much why he works his way up. Well, he's not going to work his way up, but like Devin has made this <laughs> argument before, and I agree with him. Your goal sometimes let's look, let's play the Steve Mankey card. All right. He probably wasn't going to have any chance in hell of winning that season, but to give yourself the best chance to win, you got to still be there. And Bananas flat out told him in the deliberation, hey, I don't trust your relationship with this guy. Nani is saying we can trust Michelle and you. I need you to prove it to me because I right now I don't trust you. And then what did he do? He went against the guy with probably the most political stroke in the house and did what he told him not to do. So now he's cemented himself from to going home. Any vet team now is just going to throw Jay and Michelle in every time. What, My so thing what, is, is, what, what is Jay doing that he's not able to establish some type of good relationship with the other veterans in the house? We've seen this season after season, time after time. It's what his third or fourth season now, and he still isn't able well, he, to he, have so no third. He's his third season, and he still isn't able to establish some type of connection with these people. He's in the exact well, same so position yeah. that he has been every other time. You ask him about with bananas. That's that's part of the big problem here is that there's a lot of bad blood from that that doesn't get talked about a lot. But he hooked up with Morgan and then joined it afterwards, and there was a real issue between the two of them because of that. That's 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 reality of what a lot of what it about is. all the seasons that, that Johnny true. hasn't been on? He, there's been one season they haven't been on together where and it was, was the same thing. Century. Well, Teresa went crazy. What do it you was mean? Jay and Teresa that were partnered Jay, on Double Jay and Agents. Teresa were partnered together on Double Agents, and Teresa burned a bunch of bridges, got Cam and Ashley thrown in, which was a really big power play. But then the next week, Jay was on his way out. And he actually performed very well in his own against Leroy. Just Leroy didn't tighten in that one. Uh, but he, that, that was the issue there. He actually had a relationship seeming with the CBS people at the start of that. If you remember, Josh and Casey got into an argument where Casey wanted to keep Jay around, and Josh was being Josh and yelling at people. So I think he has some ability to do that. It's, Johnny's a problem for him, and Johnny's around now. But see, here's the thing. Jay's just a terrible political player. Like, he's terrible at it because... He seems awful. All he had to do 
was go to Bananas and say, hey, I know you and I have had some issues from our personal life. Can we let bygones be bygones and work together here? What, all he what do you say. think we could do? That's all he had to do. And he and why did he why did why didn't he do that years ago? That's the thing. He's had years to be able to try and patch this relationship. Well, he's only been on he's only been on three seasons. He was on the first They've only been on one season together, and everybody assumed bananas wasn't coming back, they felt like. And he's so had opportunities I can to understand with that him. part. Well, I mean, he was dating on, Morgan up until six months ago, so that wasn't yes. what happened. Johnny, Johnny was. was. So he can't say what, what do you mean? He can't say to Johnny and he's say, Oh, I, I know that like we've had some some type of issues, like I want to move past if you're ever on the show again. That should like, have been. Well, he wasn't going to do that outside the house because they would. They would. Why? That just wasn't going to happen. Why? If the what if he like I mean, realistically, Johnny's going to be on the show again. Realistically, Jay, in his mind, he probably thinks he's going to be on the show again. Like I don't, I don't care what the issue is. Think Johnny was going to be on the show. Again. I don't think why a lot would, of people thought Johnny. Why would was people think back? Johnny's going to not going to be on the show again? That's crazy to me. That's absolutely. There were some rumors that he was going to like retire after Total that's Match. Bullshit. I mean, look, I, there's no way. Well, that's what people. I said. think I, Devin, I'm with Rob here. I think you're reaching a little bit, yeah, but no, the real thing, no he, the real yes, the real thing. You think, here like, is, are you telling me CT's not going to come back again? Like you're get, like they always come back. They always come back. The amount of people that have retired is, and stay retired, like you could count on one hand. My other thing is so. It's like his full, like he has other things going on besides the challenge in his life. His full time job now is patching up relationships to get this person after to show up on a show again. What did you say? Like he's gonna make this like his full time position now, where he's like uh, trying to patch up relationships in the case that person happens to go up on the show again. I, I it's one person, and it's the most power, arguably the most powerful person when they whenever they go on the show. I, I think that's a bit of a reach. I think uh, though I that think the, I stand I by don't the think point. So at all. That the moment Bananas showed up in the house, all he had to do was go have one conversation and he would have been in a much better position to where, yeah, they're not going to be in the main alliance, but they're at least going to be around a while and at least give him a shot. And why doesn't he, why doesn't he do it on Total Madness? That's what I mean. Why does he know? Oh, because have that he and Johnny then? were still dating. Johnny and Morgan were still dating at the time. You still can't have that just... conversation? I don't get why you can't have that conversation. I mean, conversation. you can that try, but it's also like, I don't but it's also like, what's Johnny's? Why, why does he like care? Why isn't he just going to throw him in? That's the. Why that's does he the care about piece. any of these people? That's the thing. Well, because Jay. Like, why did Why did he ever? Why did he ever? Why did he ever patch it up? Patch it up with Nelson and Corey? You know what I mean? Because like, it was strategically really, advantageous to do so. Yeah, I don't think. I don't know. I don't know if it really was. Like he could just kept beating the shit out of Nelson every season. I mean, we've, this is the first season back since he's been on somewhat good terms with Nelson. Last time we saw him with Nelson, he was throwing Nelson into elimination because Nelson asked to go in instead of Corey. Yeah, because they like said a, that they were going to work together that season. Yeah. I, I, well, at the very end, and I mean, Total Match is just a weird season with how the skulls were set up. Jay was basically the only person who did get picked on. I mean, I think there was some strategic value in, like, having Nelson and Fessy around. But I don't know that Johnny – like, what's his per, per, what would be his reason for keeping Jay around, even if Jay tries to make amends? Tracy says what in the chat says, I agree with Devin. I knew he would be back. Okay. Everyone agrees with Devin. Uh, I'm not one saying person. I didn't think he would be back. I'm saying that there were some people who didn't, and maybe he was under that impression. Yeah. And but I'm I, also I just of the impression of like, I mean, Jay I, is a nice guy, but he also doesn't strike me as the smartest knife, you know, the sharpest knife in the drawer there. So I'm not saying he's not a good dude or he's not smart, but it's like politically, this guy just has zero instincts on what to do. I At least on the challenge. Kara Lannerberg says, I think Jay didn't think Bananas had a problem with him. If anything, Jay should have the problem with Johnny. That's also a fair point. But I also just want to why, why is Johnny, even if Jay tries to make amends, why is Johnny listening to that? Why does he need Jay around? I think if anything, Jay, out of, if you look at Jay compared to the rest of these rookie jabronis, I think he's more of a threat to Johnny than the other ones. I think he's more like... He and Johnny have somewhat overlapping skill sets and that they're not going to win like the strength-based stuff. It's going to be more figuring out how to do things, doing puzzles, agility-based. He's so not of thinking a, about a, that at all. Yeah. Well, he should all. be, I think. I'm, no, I, I know. I'm be. saying he sh- he should, but he's not. That That's not what how do you like, know he's, he's not? going through his head. There's just no way. I also get, like, Johnny is in the dominant alliance and Jay is just an annoying gnat that is in his game. I just don't see if Jay, like, literally goes and is, like, Dwight with Michael on the one episode of The Office where he's, like, kneeling on the ground asking for apologies. Why is Johnny going to listen? Like, what is he getting out of Because of, of the exact reasons that you just stated about his ability to win challenges, and he's just another number for Johnny. That's why. Yeah. 
I mean, I obviously he'll play some lip service, but I don't know that. I think if Johnny has a chance to get rid of him, I don't know that there's a situation where right. Jay's moving my heart very high up the totem pole. All right, now here's the other angle to this, okay? Because they talked about it in the episode, all right? What is Jay's advantage to going and having that conversation? Who's Banana's partner? It's Nani. And Nani and Michelle were acting like long-lost friends, and apparently they're pretty close off the show. So Nani made the point in the deliberation, or when they, you know, threw them in, it was like, it's not just me, it's my partner in this. And so my partner and I, you know, he wanted to do this, okay? So if you are Jay and you are looking at the relationship between Nani and Michelle, it would behoove you to at least smooth the waters a little bit because Johnny's partner might stick up for you if you show a smidgen of loyalty or at least a an olive branch that is extended. He didn't do that, and now he's marked himself for death in this season. It's done. Because we, we, we talked... We talked just now about Jay's relationship with Johnny and their past history. But the bigger relationship, I would argue at this point in time, is Jay's relationship with Johnny from whatever else fucking show that was. was, Or Johnny partners with Raven. That's pretty much what we saw as the main catalyst for the reason why Johnny threw him in. Because Johnny was the one who attempted to corral the, the rookie alliance last week. And Bananas wanted to essentially, and I think this was the right move, and I think it was perfectly executed, break that up as quickly as possible. And by putting in Jay, Horatio, I, I don't know about Horatio. There may have been able to be a better pair than Horatio. Well, I don't I think know. Horatio makes sense. Jay, Horatio, and Johnny partnered with Raven against Turbo. They accomplished exactly what they needed to. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know that it was the best. Should they have actually gotten rid of Turbo? Yeah, why not? It's a strong person. It's a, it's, a, it's a strong person that isn't going to work with you. But he's not going to work with anybody. He could you work with the rookies. He said, he, said, he said that he was with the rook, new challengers. He said that. I, my, I, I don't know how I really feel about this. My stance would be like, if you don't put Turbo in this week, he's going to go in next week or the week after. Like he, he, just Somebody is going to get annoyed with him enough to put him in. If yeah. you really wanted to break up that... That that like core contingent that you were looking at, I think you could have just thrown in all the all the rookie rookie pairs and plus Jay and Michelle, and then really actually got rid of one of them. I think because the Turbo's strategic... not working with anybody seemingly. Yeah, and I think we, that's the reason he... why you throw Turbo in is because Turbo is completely unpredictable. So if Turbo wins a daily, who the fuck knows what he's going to do? I mean, I think we we didn't see any indication that he wasn't working with the rookies, and we saw every indication that he wasn't working with the veterans. I think that's what we saw. I yeah. suppose. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how much he was working with anybody. Which is odd because a lot of people who had been on shows with him in the past said he was... I just think there was something weird about him with this season. I really do. Because a lot of people in the past just said he was not like that. And he would actually would have real political discussions. I mean, he was a very, seemed to be the very core part of Paulie and Cara's plans up until he got himself launched on War of the Worlds 2. On War of the Worlds 1, like, he doesn't go into Illumination at all that season. He's I mean, not even really like, he's... thought about it going in. He's gone and visited Polly and Kara in the U.S. Like, he's friends with them. Yeah, like, it's not like this dude doesn't have social relationships. I just wonder if this season he just showed up and decided to be Turbo the character and not Turbo the person. Because, like, what it made me laugh. I legitimately laughed out loud when he did his little flip into the water and he was like, I'm Turbo, I action star, I do action. Like, I thought that was freaking hilarious. Is there any chance he was, like... He didn't really want to be there that long. It's like, let's see how many people I can take out in elimination. Like, that was his game plan. I think it was just Turbo going to Turbo. Yeah, I mean, Chase Marksbury makes a good comment in the chat. He says, Turbo has no allegiance, and if he wins a daily, Johnny, Nani, Tori, Devin are top of his hit list, which I agree with. And I think that's one of the main motivations why... Um, you think Nani really would have been Turbo. top of his hit list? I think he would have. Th- I think Laurel would have been for sure. Oh, that's a good point. Th- Laurel, yeah. I think I, I agree. I mean, he he didn't know this at the time, but Jordan was. Well, I, well, one other thing we need to talk about actually before we keep going on. So when they had an episode preview thing where they had the six pair, the six people like in the preview episode, did that happen before they actually showed up, or was that after? Like the the preview episode thing they, they did, where they all sat around after. the table. Because I'm thinking, like, did, did Bananas and Arnie know Jordan and Anissa and then Darrell and Veronica were showing up? I don't when know. They, when I, they I filmed honestly the preview don't know. episode or when, at this point in time? 
I'm just saying because, like, if they filmed that preview episode actually before they got to the got to the house, then they would have known. Okay, Jordan and Anissa are coming, and then Darrell and Veronica are coming. I don't, I don't think at that point in time that they knew uh, because I, I, based I, off I, of I, I don't think they did because based off of the podcast that Johnny had last week, Nani didn't even know that Johnny was there until pretty much right before they came into the game, and that they came kept them pretty seclu- secluded. But other people knew that Johnny was going to come into the game because they found yeah. a pair of his laundry. shorts that said bananas uh, <laughs> in the laundry. It kind of got out of the open and the cat was out of production is so incompetent. Like, you know, uh, I heard that story that and I literally went like, you're about to have a big game changing surprise and Johnny's shorts are in Nam's laundry. But that doesn't what mean that they know that Jordan, Anissa... Darrell right. and Veronica are about to come in as well. So you think they must have filmed that preview episode after the season was correct, or just maybe in the middle at some point? I mean, okay. I, it looked like they filmed it on location, so they could have just taken a day when they do confessionals and brought them in and said, "Hey, we're going to shoot this special. Here's some extra cash. This is what we're doing." Yeah, that's very. I mean, they could film that from anywhere. Who knows? That could be in an LA studio. And they were making comments on some of the rookies, like they had watched them do stuff. So I would assume that they had done it. I mean, I mean, anybody could be fed lines, but I mean, it felt like they, they were, they were de- look. They were definitely fed lines in that preview. I'm, yeah. I'm not buying it. I'm not. They were, but there was enough information about how they were performing to make it seem like it was filmed after they showed up or after the season. So we can, I think we could safely make that assumption. Yeah. Cause they, we do know that they knew that they were pairs coming. Cause they asked Jordan and Nisa, like what, what's with you two? Why are you guys here as pairs? And then they had to like give their BS explanation as to why they're pairs. Interesting. They had Jordan walk out first instead of Anissa, right? I would have figured you do Anissa and they'd be like, Oh, who could Anissa's partner possibly? Cause now it's going to be like, it's kind of bringing down the momentum that Anissa is Jordan's partner, so the other way around. Well, I, no, I, I think, think I think it was we're... probably because it's more important that Jordan's like a shocker. Like, hey, we're bringing somebody else in. Boom. It doesn't matter who Jordan's partner is. I know that seems they, mean. They want to build up the anticipation for next week. Everyone now wants to see what happens between Jordan and Tori in episode three. Which, by the way, I don't buy for a second that the conversation between Tori and Devin about her mental health and Jordan occurred before Jordan showed up. I 0% chance that that conversation is taken from. Oh, I don't know. And they were just planting the seeds for this episode. And they went and grabbed that conversation from after Jordan shows up. I mean, that was pretty much like a fucking Pfizer commercial. I was a little uncomfortable with that. Um, Yeah. I felt like they could have handled that a little bit better. It, It was, I mean, look, the show has had plenty of people dealing with mental health issues in the past, so I think it's actually not the worst thing for them to show somebody, like, taking the reins on that. I I think that it's fine that they show that someone is talking about that um, and saying that they are dealing with mental health issues and dealing with that. I don't think that they should necessarily, like, you know, like, broadcast, like, taking drugs is the ideal way to solve that. Like, I... I, No, that's that's fair. This is... It's one of two countries in the entire world where you can advertise pharmaceuticals. Like, I, I don't think that's probably like, uh, and it's, and it's the most suitable who, way to broadcast it out and talk yeah, about and it. And as someone it. who has taken antidepressants for years and I got off of them about a year ago, um, antidepressants are one of like five things you do as part of your mental health depression plan. Like, you know, like there's, it's not like the, the medicine itself is not going to solve your depression. It's part of a full thing of, counseling and eating healthier and getting sleep and taking your medic like and, and then eventually hopefully you can get yeah. off of it exercising i'm you know i'm not doing i'm doing better about that now i wasn't a year ago but uh yeah like it's just part it's part of a it's part of the process of always battling because i'm always going to battle depression like i had to come to that that term but you just you get healthier and you learn how to deal with it and so what? like i I, I hear where you're coming from because I, I had a twinge of that reaction, but I, I didn't have as big a problem of it because I feel like to give production some grace on that conversation, they I don't think they really edited around that conversation. That was just they wanted that moment to be what that moment was of them talking. So I don't have as big a problem about it. 
but yeah, I do feel like I would have liked a little more exposition, but you can't beat them lines when they're having an authentic moment. So it is what it is. I mean, they can try. They, 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 I've done that they could try, I, but I, I, I would shut down the authenticity of the moment. I can certainly see what you're getting at. We're like, obviously that's something that's prescribed to people. They should not be doing that just off the cuff, off the street. So I, I can see where you're coming from. Okay. Part of the, what did, some of the internet reaction is really, actually part of it really bothered me. Where a lot of people were like, oh, Tori's just making this up. She never talked about this on TV before. Or, like, she never talked about, like, having issues with Jordan or stuff. And I'm like, dude, you have no clue what they chose to air. Like, we're not having them go to the the bathroom. You're not seeing everything they're doing day by day. So, yeah. And that, but there was a really significant contingent of Twitter slash Reddit sphere that was on that line of thinking. And that did very much bother me. Just because we don't know what the show's going to choose to air with these people. I think it was actually nice. For someone who's been criticized a lot for having a quote unquote fake personality, I thought it was nice to, have, to actually give Tori a little bit of, uh, you know, an actual personality reveal. Yeah, and I think it was a legit, like, real conversation. Just because she was also wearing the eye patches I need to wear right now, you know what I mean? Like, she was—they were just having a a moment as friends talking, and it didn't feel like it was one of those forced club scene conversations that they do and stuff like that. One thing I also to me, like, so that little room that Tori and Demi were sitting in, that's also where Jay and Michelle saw um, Johnny Middlebrooks talking to Olivia. It's funny to me that you'll, they'll get a bunch of shots of just two people sitting in there and there's nobody else around. Like, do they, like, only let two people in? Like, hey, we're going to let them have a moment. This, this pair needs to have a little discussion. You guys all go wait outside. Like, how do they keep this area clear? I think that they, the cameramen in production come up to them and say, hey, we need a conversation about what the two of you are thinking for the game. Let's go. And they bring them over there and they just let them talk. They, 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 they just shut the doors. Nobody else is allowed in. I don't even I don't think, think they that. shut the doors. I think, if someone bar- I think if someone barges over and interjects themselves in the conversation, that's exactly what they want. And so that's available. Uh, but probably I think, good TV. You're right. I think it's kind think of understood just... that they're having their scripted moment. Yeah. And even if it's not a scripted moment, I think that, I mean, from people that I've talked to that have been on the show before, like, you spend like 60 to 70% of the daylight hours when you're not competing, sleeping, like they all go take naps or they go lounge by the pool. And since this place is uh, colder, it, it's fair to say that a lot of them could have just been laying around taking a nap. And the reason that Tori's doing her eye thing and drinking coffee is that they just happened to be two people that were just chilling in that room. Everyone's doing their best be Dario in. impression. Yeah, pretty much. You know, like that's just, you know, I a lot of the conversations on this show are, I wouldn't say scripted, but like you said, they're like, hey, we need the two of you to talk about what's going on. Can you come in here and do that? Hey, the rest of you, can you leave them alone That's... while they do this? Like that, that does happen, but it doesn't happen all the time, at least not that I'm aware of. Yeah, when I said scripted, uh, or really yeah. what I mean is staged, right? It's, yeah. it's yeah. a staged conversation for them to come over, communicate, and give highlights of what's going on with their relationships with the other people in the house. Okay, we touched on the mission briefly as a whole. What did we think about that? I, I For me, it still ran a little bit long. I did appreciate that I just threw all the DQs basically into one montage. We didn't have to watch all of them. Um, I mean, for, I, for me, part of the issues with the mission this season, it's just going to be, obviously, getting first is extremely important for determining who has power. But beyond that, like, if you know you can't get first, there's not just not much incentive to do anything. Well, I don't think that there's not much incentive. I think it's going to get harder as the season goes just because they have to pick four teams to go in. So when there's eight teams left, you're going to have to. I mean, they might turn that down. Losing essentially doesn't matter, really. That's what I'm saying, yeah. Really, all that matters is if you win. It's a Ricky Bobby mission. You're either first or you're last. And if someone that you're engaged. close with can't win, then there's nothing you can do. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, so I, I think that is a somewhat significant flaw with the format. I would prefer if they just – like the bank account. I don't know. There's something you can do where you, you reward some level of competence and missions without, just, without winning. It also kind of uh, le- I, evens I, out the playing – it also kind of real quick. It also kind of evens out the playing fields between the alliances, right? This would be, of course, yeah. There, there would be somewhat of a chance for the rookie alliance to be able to make some traction in the game. But now, if the veterans are most likely going to win a mission and send in people from the rookie alliance, then 
I think we're kind of looking at a, a repl- replay of last season, unfortunately, and hopefully some of the characters in the house can overcome that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, so if you were in Jay and Michelle's shoes, because they seem to be one of the teams that could be in the middle, um, if they wanted to be, what would your path here be? Would you try to do what they seem to try to do and have one person in your pair smoosh up with the to, with the vets while the other one's scheming with the rookies, or would you just kind of commit to a side? If I'm who, if you're Jay and Michelle, or a team like Jay and Michelle trying to play the sure, game. I think that they, immediately when they came in the house, they should have been vet strong. If I'm Jay, like I would have tried to go out of my way to not have any enemies. I really don't get why he couldn't have had that conversation in Total Madness. The moment I saw that he was going on, and if I knew that there was some type of animosity with him, I would have gone up to him, addressed him, be like, hey, I know we've had our issues. Like, I'm open to working with each other. Like, water under the bridge. Yeah, we don't know. Um, But I probably... So, for Jay and Michelle this season, coming into this, like, at the very start of the season, when he knows that Johnny isn't going to be or when he thinks Johnny and Nani are not going to be part of the house, he can't have, if he's close with Nelson, right? He can't have, he can't be part of the veteran alliance. Why doesn't he just do that? Why does he have to, I guess, make it more difficult for himself and play both sides? We've seen on Survivor that playing both sides can work out for you, but on the challenge, I feel like it's a lot less frequent that that actually benefits someone moving forward and deep into the game. The only person that it ever worked for was Landon on Fresh Meat 2. That's it. I feel like we could go. I mean, Jen on Fresh Meat too. Yeah, but she was really irrelevant. She, 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 well, she made the final. I mean, she she was able to work both sides to the point where she yeah. had to go in. I think it's a case of uh, of bringing like uh, a chess strategy to a checkers board. Like, I I think that what happens on the challenge is they're trying to be too complicated and galaxy brain everything, and in a more like maybe on the challenge USA where people were playing a little bit hard, that would have worked more. But with this type of environment, I think if anyone catches a whiff of somebody thinking too much, like let's just get them out of here. I don't want somebody who's actually going like, to use their, use their IQ to some level. Yeah. And that's yep. why Horatio and Johnny, the new Johnny are such a danger because they showed up to actually play the game and seem to actually know what they were trying to do. And then Johnny goes out and wins the first mission. Like that's, you know, you know, it's so if you're a rookie on the challenge, you're kind of screwed no matter what you do, unless you're just com- completely useless and they use you as a layup. Because if you perform too well at the beginning, you become public enemy number one. But if you don't get involved and actually try to play the game, you're going to get cut off anyway. So it just it's a no-win situation until you gain some social equity. It, I think in so much season by season... Like, how would you rate Emmy's season last season from a political perspective? I mean, she made the final, but she also went in three times. It was three times against Jamokes. So, like, I feel it like I feel that's one. Well, I think one thing that's happened now is the best would be like, oh, see, Emmy made the final. Like, she, if you sidle up to the vets enough, like, we'll take you there. But, like, that was, again, she had to go they in three times. They also knew she there. wasn't going to win, though. That's the thing. Like, they I mean, knew she, she was she not was, a threat to okay, if win. She was, if she was paired with CT, would she have won? Yeah. Okay, well, she could have been then. She could have been, but they also were like, you know, like if this turns into an individual final, I don't have to worry about her. Whatever. So, you know, it is what it is. Uh, Anything else from the episode? Because I'm running short on things that, I mean, there was a lot that happened this episode. Like, I I felt like the 90 minutes. The 90 minutes just flew by. Like, I actually really, really enjoyed this episode a lot. I thought it was interesting. We speculated on this before the season. I think Trace and I were of the mindset that Devin and Johnny were going to be fine and work with each other. I think I, I was the on editor that showed it. I thought you were a little bit more skeptical. If uh, No, I, I, was pretty, I was pretty all over them being the top, the two teams that were in control of everything. Um, when Johnny came to the house and they showed the reaction of those two, first being around each other. I thought it was pretty funny. Johnny moves the beds closer to each other, which funny enough, that's when you go to Europe, that's what they do. They pretty much put the two beds right next to each like, other, which yeah, uh, I did do. not expect before I went on my trip. But I, I was thinking, is, is Wes Bergman getting like a 10% cut if one of them wins this season? Like he, he's definitely the how they patch things up, right? Well, no, I, I, I kind of heard some of the back piece of this, like, um, 
Johnny and Devin made up off camera. Um, At what point? Bef- I can't remember the exact time frame, but part of the reason Devin made it back on the show was they patched their stuff up and Devin went on Instagram and like apologized for his behavior in that situation as well. And that opened the door and Wes really kind of helped broker a lot of that. So now whether he helped broker the repair of the relationship between bananas and Devin, I don't know, but I would assume that part of that comes into play because Wes and Johnny, they were always friendly off the show, but I would say that they're actually friends after total madness. And so there is a large chance that Wes was like, you really should cut Devin a break and talk to him. Greg Washington in the chat goes, the vets all like each other too much to not go after the rookies only. And I agree with that. So it'll be interesting to see after they clear out all the rookies, what actually happens. We're going to have, we got some time. We have, we're going to have a few weeks of some snoozers and less drama happens in the house. Well, that is one interesting thing. Is this a more interesting season if there's a bit of back and forth between the two groups or if one group just kind of swamps the other one and has to eat their own a little bit early? Say that again? Is it more interesting if they go back and forth? So is it more interesting if, like, Jay and Michelle and these rookie pairs are able to pick up a couple wins and get a couple of the vets out of here? Or Definitely. is it just a better? Yeah. yeah. Well, I think list- going back and forth would be more entertaining. Like, I know Devin likes the slaughter rule where you, you just what blow- you want people out <laughs> well if it, it depending on the situation but like i think if you have a strong rookie alliance and you have a group of veterans that don't necessarily like each other as much that's the ideal situation right where there, there's more parity where not even the veterans are going to stick with each other throughout and they could potentially work with the rookie alliance i think that's what you want to see but it, it just doesn't seem like there's enough rookies that are going to be able to win challenge for challenges for this to actually matter. I think Johnny, Johnny's already, Johnny Middlebrooks has won one. It seems like it's possible he could win another one going forward, even though I'm skeptical of his partner's ability to some extent. And Horatio also seems like he, he's very good. And mm-hmm. Olivia and himself could also win another one. But outside of that, I don't know who else is going to win one. Yeah. That's true, because House Targaryen appears completely useless in this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's they're useless. Maybe maybe the best will keep them around a little bit just because the other ones are more of a threat to win missions than the Targaryen. I agree with that. Like, they come across completely useless. So. I mean, that's what you should try to do, honestly, in a lot of these situations. Just pretend like you don't have a clue. Like, that was one thing. I think Jon Rooks had the right strategy on his face, but he did seem like he was a little bit too... He had a bit of the Corey from Dirty 30 thing, where he talked a little bit too much about... Uh, wanting to get rid of the vets and took a little bit too much of that on and now they want to get rid of him so yep that happens um one other thing uh the only other topic i could think of was i kind of said it at the top of the show but like god this show missed johnny bananas like he didn't even do like a ton in this episode but just his presence and his ability to interact in situations like that could have been a really boring deliberation in other people's hands. You know what I mean? That could have just been a chalk paint by numbers thing. And instead we have a confrontation with turbo. We have a very frank political conversation with Jay that helped drive a narrative. Like the dude just knows. Cause I mean, he's been around for 21 seasons, so he should at this point, but he just really does help drive this show when he's there, even if he's not causing chaos. If they had gotten a different elimination, do you think Turbo and – like if they had gotten like balls in, do you think Turbo and tomorrow win? Uh, Man, I think Turbo murdered Horatio in that. <laughs> yeah, no, well, but then the question size. is what happens with Olivia and Tamara? I think Olivia has a little bit more size on Tamara. Yeah. It would have been interesting to see Possible. him in like a balls in or a pole wrestle. I, it, yeah, that would have been – I would have preferred that over what we got, obviously. I just needed one think episode – with Jordan and Turbo. Is he back on one. the show again? Yes. Yeah. Within the, within the next four seasons. Yes. Who knows? He could be on All-Stars 4. Turbo? Oh, wow. It's explosive All-Stars 4 then. We'll talk about this when we do our preview of Battle of the Champions and the cast. that has been speculated for that. But I'm really glad that it seems like the show is open to mixing some of the 
members from the main show with a lot of the people that we've seen on All-Stars. I think that's my hope that they continue to do that going forward and just make one product that is as good as it can be. And I think by yeah. mixing those casts together, that's what you can potentially accomplish. And what's really good too is, is like what we've seen on all stars from some of these people, like you can probably ride this wave for about three more years. You know what I mean? Like they can create enough compelling seasons by mixing and matching these all stars with the current cast and maybe bring in more rookies. Like, Instead of bringing in 8,000 rookies, bring in six to eight quality rookies. And now House Targaryen's useless, but Johnny and Raven and Horatio and what's his what's his partner's Olivia. name? Olivia. Uh, Olivia. Like, these are some quality rookies to come on the show. Like, bring me quality rookies, and I'm on board because we need rookies to keep the show going. But we can't be bringing on these jamokes that think they're on the Jersey Shore. Like, so do we? I just think they need to know what the show is before they come on. That's a a, front, a top line guarantee for me. So I'll bring I'll bring this up now. Do we think that Johnny and Horatio, right? We we think that those are are potentially good cast members to have on the show, right? Do we yes. think that is has happened based off of? their production skill or do we essentially think this this is random chance and you got to stumble into some good ones every once in a while because they haven't stumbled into good into a good one in a while i think it's more the latter and i think a lot of it's i think it's on them in the sense that like their agents got the deal and they took it upon themselves to make connections and learn about the show that's what other vibe i got from them and their partners so i i think it's just they kind of stumbled into it i mean, I mean we've seen with how they've casted other people it, to me, it's just inexcusable if somebody comes on the show and they don't know what it is. I feel like they have to know what it is to come on. Even if they are yeah. from an international country, send them a couple seasons, give them an actual thorough breakdown of what the show is about. For someone to show up on the show, and Emmy is far from an anomaly with some of these international cast members. For a lot of them to come on, they have no clue what they're getting into. Because this show doesn't have – there's not a lot of shows like this show internationally. Mm-hmm. So they think they're coming on as some, like, some dating show, and it's just not. Or it's like Survivor, where we're going to lay around, and then we're going to do like a, a mission, and then we're going to vote somebody out. It's like, no, you, you actually have to compete, and you have to do politics. Oh, and you're going to lay around a lot, too. So it's not a show, and, and I think that's kind of what's been cool about the, the documentary stuff, even though I hated most of it. This show really isn't like a lot of other reality series. They tried to copy other reality series, and when they stopped trying to copy other ones, they kind of found their groove, and it... It it just is what it is. So if you're going to come on the challenge, you should go do some research if you're going to be on this show, period. Because otherwise, you're just you're wasting a slot for somebody else that could learn how to play this game. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. If you want to listen to our next episode, which probably will come out on Sunday, I think we're going to record on Sunday. So it'll either be available Sunday night or Monday morning. You can go to patreon.com slash the challenge chronicles, subscribe for $4 per month. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you again soon. Bye.